0: Tuned in to the Make Your Day Count broadcast with Pastor Errol Beckford, Senior Pastor of Celebration Tabernacle Church, President of Celebration Marketplace Ministries, and author of Make Life Work in a Fast-Paced World. And here's Pastor Beckford. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Make your day count. This is the day. The Lord has made, and we will
1: rejoice and be glad in what God is doing. I'm excited about the plans and purposes of God for my life. I'm excited about the plans and purposes of God for your life. And thank you again for tuning in every morning, Monday through Friday, studying with us the Word of God. It is awesome to study God's Word and apply it to your daily life. When we study the Word of God and when we apply it to our life, we now can shout, look at what God is doing because we get the benefit of God's word. And the word that we study and apply, we get the benefit from it. Every apply word of God benefit us.
0: The word of God works yeah. and he is calling us in this time to exit toiling and to enter into tending, tending to what he has already given us, not tending to what we don't have, but tending to what God has already given us, tending to what we have. So all this week we've been in Genesis, we've looked at the life of Adam, the life of Noah, and this morning we're going to move into Abram, beginning in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. So God has given him a great promise. He's given him a lineage to tend to. So what does Abram say? Well, I'm not an option. Yes. (laughs) He's automatically disqualifying himself, and he's trying to point to what is already seen. Eliezer of Damascus has already been born in his house. He said, well, let him just be my heir. But that wasn't his child. That was a child of a servant that was born in his house. So God is giving him a promise, and he's coming back contradicting the promise, telling God, I'm not an option for this promise.
1: Yes. we uh, Throughout this study mm-hmm. all week, Diana, this study, the key is obedience. Mm-hmm. In order for you to move within the realm of tending, you have to be in compliance to what the Word of God says. Uh, you have to come. You have to be in compliance. You have to. You have to. Oh, I'm, um, my tongue is twisted on that because it's so truthful. Mm-hmm. Because the hardest thing for us to do is to do what God,
0: God says. Because he's trying to outthink. Yeah, Abram yeah. is trying to outthink God. He's saying, "You' telling me something that is impossible. I don't see how it could work." So he pulls his option. What is already seen? Eleazar of Damascus is already seen. So he's trying to overthink God. He's trying to come back at God and tell him the possible because God just told him something that seemed impossible. So now Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, his wife, Sarai. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. So, this whole lineage that God has already intended for Abram and Sarai is to come directly from their physical bodies. But neither of them are considering themselves as an option. She said, I'm not an option. Go with my handmaid. Go with her. Maybe by her you could have a child. Now they're together the whole time, Abram and Sarai. They're there together all the time. So he, duty is to tend to his wife. But they keep trying to look for a way of escape from faith. And we do that all the time. God gives us a promise. He says something to us. And we want to look for the escape route out of our faith. We want to go with what looks Possible unto us when God has given us a promise that seems impossible. But if God is in it, if He spoke it, it is not impossible. It is possible because He is in it. It's possible because it's His desire and it is His plan and it is His purpose. So if God said it to us, then we have to see ourselves how God sees us as a viable option. At this point in the text, neither of them see themselves as a viable option. They're trying to come back at God. They're trying to counter what God is saying and pull from other options, pull from options that are near, that are already produced in the earth. Hagar was already in the earth. Eliezer of Damascus was already in the earth, but God is calling for them to bring forth through them something that is not yet in the earth. So,
1: yeah, now Mm -hmm. it's so uh, God, whatever God tells Mm -hmm. us to do, it's take faith mm-hmm. to do it. As well as I'm listening carefully and following the teaching this morning, whatever God tells us to do, it takes faith to do it. And that's the reason why we always go disobey, find another path. Because that we believe in the seen realm. We believe in the seen realm. What we see with our eyes, what look good to our eyes, is what we move towards. Remember, in the garden, Eve was in the scene realm, and the tree looked good. It desirable. It is physical. It appealed to the senses. Are you with me on this morning as we study? We move at what looks good to the eye, what we can, what uh, seems very pleasant. We move in that, but God, when He tells us to do something, you can't see it in the physical, and that's why we tend so many times to walk away and do the opposite because I can't see it.
0: In Genesis chapter 17, verse 15 through 17, God continues to bring forth his point with them. He says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who was 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So Abraham, here he is again, trying to outthink God. He said, No, hey, just just go with Ishmael. Why don't you just go with Ishmael, God? Ishmael by this point is already there. And God said, No, my word does not change. And if we take that back to Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, where he said, I'll never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil. Abram's heart was evil. He wanted to find every way that he could to get out of the promise to try to make it manifest right now. He's trying to overthink God. Uh, he's trying to outthink God and he's going through and he's saying, give him, presenting with God, all these other options besides what God said. He said, no, the child is coming from your body and coming from Sarah's body. So what do you need to do? Tend to what you got and not what you don't got. Bob. Stop presenting to God every other option besides what he said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If uh, he he told him, this is it, as we look in that verse. How can a man who is 100 years old and a woman that is 90 bring forth a son? It's impossible. So you see, we always go by the senses. This is our struggle. God says something, and we link it up. With the senses right away. And once we link it up with the senses, we know we're not going to do what God says. <laughs> I'll, just <let> <laughs> <laughs> you, I'll just let you know. i are just let you know. We are not going to do what God says. God says something, and we, we go right to the senses, and that's where we link it. And once we put it with the senses, it now becomes uh, impossible stuff. Yeah, We, we won't do it. Because God says, you shall be the father of many nations. Sarah is the one. Oh, it's impossible. It can't be Sarah. It has to be somebody else. One, I'm 100 years old. Elav. Yeah. It's crazy. This, You know when God tells us on, on this Thursday morning here, Where God tells us something, and It looks so far-fetched. We laugh. and say, oh, man, what am I thinking? (laughs) I'm talking truth this Mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. When you start to link it up with the senses, you come to that place there and say, oh, man, you laugh. You say, what am I thinking? I'm crazy. (laughs) Because it's out of the realm of what? Possibility. Mm -hmm. It's out of the realm of possibility. And think about it. On this Thursday morning, if you are... A woman out there, 90 years old, and God says you're going to bring for the child, you'll be laughing. He says, I'm <laughs> crazy. Am I going nuts? <laughs> but God said, no, you're not. You are going to. I say so. Because what God says always comes to pass.
0: That's what he said for their situation. Yeah. So it was so. And yeah. Genesis chapter 20, verses 2 through 3 now Abraham said of Sarah his wife she is my sister and Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him indeed you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken for she is a man's wife mm. so Abraham's view of Sarah had to change <laughs> in order for them to produce the promise of what God had already said unto them so his view has to change. So in Genesis chapter 20, they go into a region and he's fearful. So he go and tell the king, oh, this is my sister. You can have her. Well, God had Sarah's back because God goes to Abimelech in a dream and he says, uh, that woman that's with you, she's somebody's wife. Yeah. And God checks him and Abimelech responds appropriately. Genesis chapter 20, moving down to verse 9 through 11. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view that you have done this thing? So the question was, What did you have in view? What kind of scheme? have you concocted, concocted here yeah. <laughs> trying to overthink and outthink God because Sarah was your is your wife and he had to reveal it back onto him and as we go, as you go through the chapter you'll see based off of Bimelech's response to Sarah it caused Abraham to see her in a different way to see her now as Abel to produce and got able to produce through her. Thank make you for count. tuning in to the Make Your Day Count broadcast with Pastor Errol Begford, Senior Pastor of Celebration Tabernacle Church in the beautiful city of Cocoa. For more information on this broadcast, please contact us at 321-638-0381. Tune in tomorrow to hear more about how you can make your day count.
1: is a friendly, knowledgeable, active, and accessible real estate agent here in Brevard County. Keller Williams is known for real estate services all across the world, and Whalen specializes in helping buyers purchase the right place to call home, as well as helping sellers market and negotiate the sale of their single-family home, condo, vacant land, or business. Whalen Duff can be reached at 321-536-5973 or visit whalenduff.kw.com. Whalen Duff with Keller Williams' Space Coast Realty is your local realtor who provides all you need and the time you deserve to get your real estate purchased or sold.